Hey, everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode, and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Mark Labriola and Benjamin Manley. The Friday Habit is for small business owners, freelancers, and creatives who are ready to take their business to the next level. Join us as we discover how to apply the strategies we learn to grow our businesses, make more money, and live every day like it's Friday. So what are you doing now? Like, what's your focus now? Are you still doing sales and, and kind of, you know, working for startups and companies, like helping them grow? Or are you focused solely on your, your primal storytelling and, you know, the marketing agency? Yeah. So eight years ago, I started Can Do Ideas. It's a, it's a content marketing agency. And what we've done for pretty much the whole time is we help brands develop content. You know, and so I've audited the marketing from, you know, hundreds of companies. And a couple of years in, one of the things that happened was, you know, I had a, a guarantee in most of our contracts. It's like, hey, listen, if you don't feel like we're doing great work for you, if you're not really happy, you know, you can cancel this contract anytime. I'll return your money. No one ever took it up on it, took us up on it until one day I got the call. It's like, (laughs) oh man, you know, and it's like, I mean, you're, you're in this industry, you know how hard it is. Like if you can't keep clients, right. If you can't make clients happy, you're out of business fast. Yeah. And so I get a call from this CEO, a really nice guy in an industry that I knew inside and out. And he's like, Tony, he's like, listen, you know, we're going to go in a different direction next month. Thank you for all your efforts. Like, he's like, the work is pretty good. It's professional. It's like, but we're not getting any results at all. And I was like, what do you mean? We're getting lots of follows, you know, we're getting this, you know, and I, I, but it was all soft stuff. It wasn't what he really wanted and needed was leads. He needed, Mm. you know, he needed to grow revenue. He needed, you know, a lot more from us than what we were giving him. And this kind of sent me on this, this path. I was like, okay, why is it that at some companies, what we're doing is making it rain, but over here, it's not working. Like mm. same, you know, we're delivering on time, we're professional blogs. And then I started reading these different blogs and, uh, you know, I started going on these websites and I would look at the corporate blog, like, okay, what are they publishing? And I realized what the mistake was, is that we were writing for search engines. We were writing for SEO, you know, we're trying to, right. panic, but not for people. Like you, you would write all of these things for these big companies and articles, and maybe it's a social media post or a blog or what, whatever that no human would ever want to read. Like you wouldn't want to spend one minute of your time. Right. We've all landed on those. Like when you're looking for something oh. and then you start reading halfway through and there's so many ads on the page and you're thinking, I don't feel like I'm getting to anything that I'm trying to get to by reading this article. <laughs> it's the worst. Well, even if it's a pure, like a big company and there's no ads on the website, right? And they have a blog. And all the articles are written in some stilted voice. You know, it was like some professor from the 1950s. You know, the the corporate professional voice, right? Like, people don't read that. People don't consume that. That's not going to help you grow your business. So I I end up going to this business building conference down in San Diego with a guy. um, I don't know if you know Darren Hardy. 
Yeah, I know Darren Hardy very well. So Darren Hardy, compound effect guy, entrepreneur roller coaster. So I was in one of his high performance groups. Okay. And go there. It's three days long. We get about, I don't know, it's like day two. I think it's day two, mm-hmm. halfway through. And he gets up on stage and he's talking about marketing and he's talking about how people make decisions. And he says something that I'd heard and I'm sure everyone's heard is like, hey, we make decisions emotionally and then we justify with logic. Like, mm. I've heard that before, but what, what emotions? Like, like what, what is it that makes people buy? Like, why do you do it? And I started digging in, I started really researching it, and I stumbled on this idea of evolutionary psychology. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of the idea. Yeah. And that's where the light came on. It's the lizard brain. The lizard fight brain. Fight or flight. Yeah. It's fight or flight, but it goes way deeper. And you start thinking of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like, why do mm-hmm. we do most of what we do? And yeah, thrive or survive. We thrive or survive. We do things for the tribe because we want to be part of the tribe. We need people to like us. We, we need to have connections with people. It's why when you put someone in solitary confinement, people go crazy. They go insane. It's, it's you know, solitary confinement by the UN was categorized as torture. It's because really? humans are tribal people. Like we're, we're tribal. Mm. We are. And that led to me helping companies build a completely different kind of content. Mm. That's why the kind of the subtitle of the book, Primal Storytelling Marketing for Humans, is because like my number one mantra for like every startup is like, forget about SEO. Think about your startup, focus in on one person, like just that one person that you could help just them and then find everyone else who's like them. Okay. Because if you write for a person and you try to help them in every way that you can in a kind and genuine and authentic way, and they're going to want to do business with you, they just will. That's just how it works. So that's, that's the idea. Yeah, that's very fascinating. So, so you go to this Darren Hardy event and you get like the light bulb goes off for you and you get really excited. So I guess one question I have is that transition from you know, doing sales to starting your own content marketing agency like, what was that leap like? And why did, why did you make that leap? I mean, did you just see like, oh, I see there's a whole, cause obviously sales and marketing go hand in hand. And so did you just kind of see a, a, like a, a hole in the industry and, and said, oh, okay, I think I can create value here and take control of my schedule and have more autonomy and freedom and things like that. So what happened was I was the CEO of a, an IT company in New York city and it was owned by these two partners the, the partners started to the fight. They start suing each other. You know, um, classic. So I knew like, you know, when, when lawyers come out, when the, everybody lawyers up, you know, it's bad. Yeah. I knew months in advance I was going to be leaving. And so mm-hmm. what I did was I started thinking deeply. It's like, what do I want to do next? Like, what do I really love? And I had made a, a very big study into marketing at the, the startup. They didn't have a, a strong marketing team. I'd helped with some of the marketing and messaging there. I'd really fallen in love with it. I'd read a lot of books. I had done several of my own companies by then that had some couple blow up in my face. I started a publishing company, a real estate investment company, um, a jujitsu school, and just a bunch of different things. And mm-hmm. you know, I did I did well in some things. I had one company blow up in my face, almost sent me bankrupt. Yeah. Then I'm thinking, okay, the next company I start, what is it going to be? You know, where do my skills come together? Where, where, where does money and 
pro- people's problems meet with my skill set. That's what I looked mm. for. And I decided on, at first I said, okay, I'm going to start a HubSpot technical support company. I, I don't know if you know what HubSpot is. It's a, Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So I called HubSpot and I was like, hey, I'm starting a new company and I want to be a HubSpot partner. And they said, do you have any customers? I said, no. They said, well, you can't be a partner. <laughs> so they didn't let me in the partner program at first. So then I did what every good sales guy did. And I went out and I found an enterprise client that wanted to go on HubSpot. Okay. And I pre-sold them on the idea that if you sign up for HubSpot, I'll deploy it for you for free. And then I went to HubSpot and said, hey, I got a deal, but you guys got to let me in the partner program. Nice. And so an early employee at HubSpot, a guy named Greg Fung, he called me on the phone. He's like, hey, Tony, we're going to let you in the program on probation. You got to do these things. And so I did those things. And eight years later, still a partner. And I became a technical expert in HubSpot. And then I realized that there's not a lot of need for it because HubSpot's so easy to use. A lot of companies just manage it yeah. themselves. And that first client came back to me like, hey, listen, we got all this stuff, but now we need content. What can you do with content? And I was like, guess I can write content for you. And so eight years later and a couple million bucks later, we've, uh, we've created a lot of content. <laughs> um, That's awesome. There, there's some years where I've published like a hundred pieces a month. So like blogs, articles, social media posts. I mean, just, uh, just a torrent of content. And then been able to look and see how does it work? Like, how is it performing? Do pe- what, what do people like? What do they not like? And so then one of the things I did is after I came up with the idea of primal storytelling, I wanted it, I didn't want it to just to be Tony's opinion. I want to be able to prove that it could work. Right. And so I just, when I went and I went back to clients that I already had and I pitched them on the idea. Some said yes, some said no. The ones that said yes were all really happy that they did. Mm. And we implemented it. We did some really off the wall stuff and uh, the results were pretty amazing. Yeah, pretty amazing. That's awesome. So, so tell us a little bit more about the primal storytelling. Like, what is that? You know, I, I can gather just from the name, right? That it's just like, like you were saying earlier, it's this something that's kind of subwired into us, you know, in our subconscious uh, of how we're wired as, as humans, where we connect with story. And a lot of our audience is, is familiar with Donald Miller and story brand marketing and, um, you know, he kind of uses a lot of that ideas and principles. Um, but what is what what is the primal storytelling? What is what is that? So so Donald starts his piece is how do you create an easy to consume message so that people will understand what you do? Okay. Primal storytelling starts there. So they understand what you do, and now you want to get your message out to the whole world. Okay. I want to first start by identifying who is the tribe that I'm trying to reach. Like, who do I want to serve? Mm -hmm. What are they like? Who are they? Where do they live? What are their hobbies? What are their fears? What are the emotions that drive them? Like, why are they interested in what you do at all? Mm. And and then what we're trying to do is we're trying to find a cross-section of what you do and what your tribe of your best clients, what they're like. And then what we're going to do is we're going to look at the evolutionary psychology side of that And we're looking for the primal urges and the primal emotions that is driving that tribe. You know, so I know that sounds kind of technical. Basically, why do you wear what you wear? Why white glasses with big frames? Well, 
when you went to the store to buy the glasses, you're like, those look cool. They make me feel good. It started with a feeling. Mm -hmm. And then somewhere in your mind, in your subconscious, you thought, the people that I'm with, the people in my tribe, the people in my sphere, they'll like these glasses. They'll like them on me. Mm -hmm. It's the same reason why we buy a car, what we buy. Like, how much does a car cost? Well, at one end, you can buy a $500 junker that you, you barely drag out of the junkyard to a yeah. you know, multi-million dollar Bugatti on the other side, right? right? Like, how much does it, does it cost? It's all for transportation. But it, it's a lot about what that vehicle makes you feel like, how it, the mm. signal that it sends to your tribe, the signal that it sends to everyone around you. Okay, when you start thinking of it like that, and then what we're going to do is we're going to create storylines, content, blogs, social media posts that are interesting to our specific tribe, that makes them want to connect with us, that makes them come back to our website, that helps them get to know us, builds credibility, builds trust. And then obviously there's storylines that you can use. And in the book, one of the things that I do is I'm, I said to myself, if I was a startup and I didn't know anything about marketing, I need a resource for Tony Butler from 20 years ago. I need a book. Mm -hmm. I can pick it up and I say, okay, I have zero social media followers. I got a business. I need some leads. What do I do? You open it up, you follow that formula. So it's tribe plus primal motions and urges plus storylines. And then I just plot out the exact storylines mm -hmm. on there. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. I think that that's, you know, I, I feel like it's a way of thinking and marketing that kind of cuts through a lot of the BS and gets straight to the point of like, you know, this is what you have to do. And sometimes the things that we have to do seem like they're extremely hard, but it's very just like straightforward, simple stuff. You know, it's like, I always tell people with podcasting, it's like, you know, the secret to podcasting is just being consistent over a long period of time. Right. And you'll slowly grow. And, you know, everyone thinks that they're going to be the next Joe Rogan in a couple episodes. And then they have like two downloads that are like, what's going on? It's like, well, you, you got to put yourself out there consistently over a long period of time. And, and the, you'll find that tribe that those That's people right. who will connect with your content. And, you know, sometimes it can happen fast and sometimes it's just a, a slow go over, you know, months and months and months and sometimes even years. So, well, volume matters for sure. Like if you look at, if you look at Joe's podcast, like how many episodes has that guy done these days? You know? Oh yeah. Thousand episodes at least, you know, I mean, and, and some of his episodes are an hour, two hours, three hours, you know, six unbearable hours. <laughs> yeah. And he does such a wide variety of guests that there's something for everyone where there might be one guest that you would never want to listen to, but other people are really interested in, you know, and like one thing Joe and I have in common is we're both Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts and we're like really into this like tiny sport that not a lot of people know about. And he's had lots of guests on there that I loved that I'm sure lots of right. other people were like, this guy's crazy. Why are we even talking yeah, about Yeah, we skip this? those episodes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the fight episodes. I know half the guys, so it's 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 great. Um, but but to the point is, everyone has something that they're interested in. That mm -hmm. is a niche, you know. So for me, it's Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it's lifting weights, it's hiking. I do lots of backcountry hiking in Montana because you know we got millions of acres of wilderness. You know, right? For someone else, it might be basket weaving, or for you, podcasting, or you know, you said you live in uh, in Colorado. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you ski or do any outdoorsy stuff? We we do a lot of like camping and hikes and you know really enjoy nature. We like to go to small mountain towns and hang out. Awesome. Um, you know, so brew pub brew pubs is a big thing in Montana. You know, there's a hundred brew yeah, pubs okay. and they're they're miles and miles around. So you can drive all around the state and try different kinds of beer. Like these are niches. These are things that people just love. Well, what happens is brands think that they only have to talk about themselves. Well, I'm the marketing guy, so I should talk about marketing. Well, guess what? Some of my best posts that I've ever published for myself and my own brand had nothing to do with marketing. One of my most viral posts is a few years ago, my son was on a swim team and he's a really talented, talented swimmer. And he was swimming in the summer long program and they have 6 a.m. practice during the summer. Hmm. So I wake him up, getting ready to take him to practice. Like, yeah, I'm not going to go today. I'm going to skip. And I'm like, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> it's like, you committed to a team. You said you'd be in practice. Right. And my God, unless your leg is broken, you're going to practice. Right. You know, so we had this little, this little argument. And at the end of the argument, he's like, I hate you. I'm like, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Get in the car. Yeah. And I, and I posted, I just posted about this. I was like, you know, my son hated me. He, he told me he hated mm. me today. It sucked. But I just felt like it was my duty as a father to push him to do what he said he would do. And you know what? That post went nuts. I, I, I had hundreds of people comment on it on both sides. Like you're a little too hard or others like it's, it's, it's refreshing to see a dad who's hard or, you know, making him do what he should do. And, you know, it just, there was lots of, thoughts and opinions on this young boy and like what he should do in my reaction. But you know what it is, is that people then on my network were seeing me as a human being with the same problem they have. Like how many fathers out there have trouble with their teenage sons? All of them. If you say you don't, right. you're lying, right? Yeah. <laughs> but that's so true. That's what makes you human, right? That, that's, that's yeah. it. Cause we have common problems. You know, I, I've, I've been to, like 20 plus countries, you know, in every country, everyone has cuisine. Everyone loves music. Everyone wants to have safety. Everyone loves their family. Like people mm. at their core are the same, right? Right. And if you market like that, if you market like people are people, things are much easier. Like all your market will do better. If you market thinking that they're a robot or it's, I'm, I'm, I'm marketing for the search engine, <laughs> yeah, you know, an algorithm, right? Algorithm. Like, do you, how many? Let me ask you this: How many corporate blogs do you follow on LinkedIn? Zero. None. How many company <laughs> pages do you click on? Like, LinkedIn yeah. is a wasteland of company pages. Mm. It's it's a waste of time. I, I, I've told this. I've I've told this to 100 plus brands. People follow people. They want to connect with you. They want to do business with a person. So mm. if you're in a big, big company, put a face on the company. But yeah. like, there's a reason the Geico Gecko for this giant insurance company is so popular and does really well for them. Why? It's because you right. have a person, personality, you know, a persona that you can connect with. Like that's, that's the power of it. Totally. And I feel like in this day and age, if you're a CEO or a leader of a company and if you're not present online, like... You're, you're doing a disservice to, to yourself and to your company because if you look at a lot of these, I mean, Elon Musk is just a great example of somebody exactly. who is out there. He's in the present 
And because of that, his companies do well. You know, it's like, I think when we can almost get to know the leader a little bit more and then kind of trust them, even if they are eccentric or whatever it is, but you say, this guy's really smart. Like I'm going to follow his, his companies, you know? Um, I think that a lot of leaders are afraid to be on camera. They're afraid to share their ideas. And, you know, in some ways, especially with cancel culture and things like that, it's hard. I think you have to probably draw that line of your kind of public persona and your personal persona, right? Because you may not have certain ideas or beliefs that match up with a large segment of, of people, but your company needs to reach that large segment of people. So you can't always just be forthcoming, but I don't know. And what do you think about that? Cause I, I guess in some ways it's kind of like, if you aren't being authentic to who you are, then you may not grow to the heights that you could, if you just embraced the things that were kind of edgy about yourself. So you're, you're right on the edge of, this idea of polarity and, you know, do I use controversy to help grow my name? Do I use controversy to help grow the business? You know, if you look at political figures on both sides, okay, what's more polarizing than Donald Trump? You have people that love the guy, you know, he's got fanatic followers and then you got people that hate him and they think he's the antichrist. Okay. It's like polarity. Well, some of that polarity, it really helped Trump get elected in the first election. I I am absolutely convinced that early on in the very first election, when he was against Hillary, he said all kinds of controversial things. Oh, yeah. Stay in the news on a daily basis. And Mm. everyone was like on the edge of their seats, like, what's this guy going to say next? But you know what? Who is is the number two candidate? You can't even remember the guy. Like, no one knows who that is. Right. Because in that kind of a field, number two is... Number two is it's the second loser. Like first you know, loser. Yeah, the first <laughs> loser. You don't even know who they are, right? Yeah. So, but in a business, you you may want to stay more neutral because there's certain issues that there are no right or wrong answers. And I'll, I'll just say that. I know lots of people will argue, yes, there are. But there's two yeah. opposing opinions that are based on emotional and logical things that are important to them. You know, so... I would never try to argue with you and convince you of something political or religious or sports related because those are just emotional events. You just can't win from there. But right. if taking a stand is important to your tribe, then being polarizing on a certain issue, it could be really, po- it could be really good for you. Actually, I heard of an agency um, up in New England and their, their owner an agency owner, and he did this thing called the snowflake test. You ever hear about this? No. What is that? You can Google a guy. And he said that anyone who comes to work for his agency, he gives them the snowflake, the snowflake test to make sure they won't melt under pressure while they're at work. And he's, and one of his things is like, there's no safe spaces. And so the, the, the cancel crowd came after him and, you know, they tried to, they tried, they one star bombed him on Facebook. Right. And so he had like hundreds and hundreds of negative comments. And so he just he just responded to the, all the negative comments with yeah I don't care, and his business exploded. Okay. His business exploded, and he you know he doubled in in weeks. Um, all the free promotion, it can work, right. but you don't have to go that route. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you know, I, this has been I think this has been really good. I, I I've enjoyed this 
this conversation and I hope our listeners have gotten something from it as far as maybe being encouraged to be more authentic, putting yourself out there and then having authentic relationships, just building authentic relationships in order to get business. I would say if you had one action item to give our audience, you know, if you could say, Hey, starting next week, do X, Y, and Z, and this will get you on a trajectory to grow your business. What would that one thing be? That one thing would be search for the commonality in your best clients, the clients that you love working with and you can do the best work for. Deeply study who they are, figure them out as a tribe. And because then what will happen is you want to wrap your entire business around the people that you're a best fit for. Never try to do business with people that you can't really serve super well and deep. Yeah, that's great. Well, hey, uh, where can people find your book? Where can people connect with you and, and uh, you know, get more information? Yeah, you can find me at primestorytelling.com and Anthony L. Butler on LinkedIn. Awesome. That's great. Hey, thanks so much for listening to The Friday Habit. If you go to thefridayhabit.com, there you'll find show notes for this episode. There you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. And at the bottom of the page, you can download our guide, the guide on the Friday Habit system that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review in the Apple Podcast app. And uh, if you'd like to maybe leave, leave us a voice memo with a question, uh, you can send that to hello at thefridayhabit.com. So thanks so much for listening. And until next time, live every day like it's Friday. Friday.